Welcome, guys, to the MMOs.com podcast. This is Altai here uh, with episode 118, joined this week by... Homer. All right. Back together in Vegas now. For now. Um, For now. We will start this week with the weekly raid. Uh, this week, we uh, were inspired by a column that you wrote yesterday, and mm-hmm. I got some interesting discussion on Reddit. So, I'll start by saying the name here. The weekly raid is... Do we need more aspirational content in MMORPGs? And I'll let you um, kind of walk through what you mean and some examples you gave in the in the column. Yeah. So last few days I've been watching some, some people on Final Fantasy XIV try to complete something called Palace of the Dead, which is a very difficult dungeon to complete when you're running it solo. So I thought to myself, you know, like, because in, in Final Fantasy XIV, if you complete the Palace of the Dead, which is a dungeon from, it's a 24 dungeon, or if you complete it by yourself solo, you get a special title, and it's incredibly difficult to do, so much so that since it's been released since November, nobody has achieved this yet. It's something in the game that nobody has done. Arguably something that's pretty impossible until the release of the Red Mage, which is in June of 2017. So even even since June of 2017, no one has, has finished it yet. The closest someone has ever gotten was floor 194. If you get the 200, you get a special title. So that got me thinking, like, about aspirational content, because when we played World of Warcraft, the thing that kind of struck us out most was when we were outside Ironforge and we saw this giant Naxxramas floating over there, and we're like, I want to go in there, you know, I want to be the guy that clears that ship because nobody's ever done it yet. And I looked at the facts afterwards, it's pretty interesting that, you know, in World of Warcraft, during the time of Naxxramas, such a small percentage of players even did, did Naxxramas. In fact, it took a full two and a half months after release that anyone in the world even cleared all the bosses of Naxxramas, which is incredible compared to some of the more recent content today. So in the article, I talk about, you know, some the, the hardest raid in, in Legion at the time was completed within 18 hours of launch. And that was the, it's pretty incredible. I forgot what the name of the, the, the which, what the name of it was, but it was completed within 18 hours. And in Final Fantasy XIV, the Delta Escape Savage 4.0 dungeon and Savage being the hardest tier content in the game was also cleared within the first day of launch. So it kind of got me asking, you know, what is the point? It almost feels like when content is cleared so quickly in a game, or when there's really nothing to do, like it kind of cheapens the MO experience because we, we kind of all play online games to be the hero. And I know that's not very cheesy, right? Be the hero. And even though we're not actively thinking it, I think it is in the back of our minds because if just seeing something like, like in Final Fantasy 14, I can speak of that personally because I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy 14, I have no intention of, of putting myself through the grueling agony of running through that palace because each run takes like seven hours to, to get to the top wow. four assuming you do it really well and you you, you just wipe so easily because you can get screwed by rng it, it's truly brutal the people that are trying to do it i think there's two streamers in america trying to do it and i watch them stream sometimes it's brutal you will just die for like by getting unlucky and it, they've already committed hundreds of hours and nobody's done it yet so i wouldn't do that but just knowing in the back of my mind that like holy shit there's this achievement i can have in final fantasy that no one has ever done before and like maybe i'll be the hero and maybe i'll do it it's not going to be me right but it's also kind of like, you know, like people that play basketball in high school, they think like, maybe I'll be an NBA star, right? They're not going to, obviously. It's just it's kind of like false hope. But the fact that they have that false hope, that they could be the NBA star, it makes people feel invested in this world. You know, like, I could be a hero in this world. I could do something truly amazing. I could have that cool title that nobody else has. And that just, I think, keeps people invested in them most. You know, if you, if you clear the current hardest content, and if you clear Delta Escape Savage 4.0 and Final Fantasy 14, congrats, you and a thousand people have already done it. People are literally pickup group doing it already anyway you know like all the dungeons can be pugged anyway like yeah i get it that's such a, like maybe one percent of the population actually does it right but thousands have already done it so it kind of loses meaning 
So what I'm, what I'm talking about is I want, should games have more content, whether it's raids or whether it's something like the Palace of the Dead, where it's some kind of achievement where only, you know, you do it in a very strange way. You do it solo instead of as a group. Should games have something like that where people can kind of aspire to be greater, to be the hero? Okay. I feel that's really missing in games. Go ahead. So you have a little context and to play a little devil's advocate here, okay? I know I'm going to get some, I'm gonna get some shit here, but here we go. One, uh, I think you mentioned it, but Next Ramus, the original vanilla version in WoW, less than 1% of players got in there. Well, I never even zoned in, okay? Less than 1% defeated the first boss. So that's how rare it was. And the reason uh, the Blizzard gave for walking that back is because they said, listen, we have ten, you know, ten, tens of millions of customers, okay? But only mm-hmm. a few percent, they're all paying equal, right? Well, it was a subscription yes. game. Final Fantasy XIV is a subscription game. All, all our customers are paying an equal amount of money, but and, and that money is being used to develop this content that only a very small percent of players get to get to experience. And that's, that's fundamentally unfair about that, you know? So what they did now, what every game does now, and I'll play some random clips here from different dungeons. This is a newer dungeon. Uh, the new way to approach this is difficulty uh, levels. So mm-hmm. I would argue that today in World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy XIV, I could be wrong with Final Fantasy XIV, I haven't played it, but the hardest difficulty, mystical, mythical dungeons or whatever it is in Final Fantasy XIV. Savage. Savage. I, I think what percent of players can clear like a sa- you know, the high-end savage dungeon? Probably a very small percent still. Yes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay, but so. in order, to, I do want to address that point you make because th- this is the very because I did post this thread on Reddit and there was a pretty lengthy discussion about it and I do think that's the point that most will bring up. You know, the idea that why should they create content for only one percent of the player base when they want to cater for everyone? But I think again, when you when you talk about rating, I think we can both agree that when you're designing dungeons and raids, that is a tremendous resource for the developers. Mm-hmm. And I agree, maybe maybe putting those resources towards you know the one percent of player base is a poor mistake. You know, I do think there are benefits of it. I do think you can, by making that aspirational content, it aspires people that are not going to complete that content to kind of think to themselves, maybe I could be an NBA star too. You know, that, that, that mentality, it becomes special to them. But I do agree that you can argue pretty effectively that's not efficient for them. They, they don't have to do it. Which is why I think it doesn't have to be rating. It can be something else. Yes. And the something else is always, you know, like the Palace of Dead example, I think is a really good middle ground of that, that something else. Because it's content that was already made for everyone, right? Palace of Dead is designed for a group of players, a static four people, to, a dungeon, to go, to go from 1 to 200 with your group, but they added this extra achievement. You do it solo. They, they didn't change the dungeon, nothing at all. All they did was add, add this leaderboards. There's actually leaderboards on the official website tracking everyone's progress on solo play. So they just added the leaderboards, and they also gave an achievement for whoever completes it. And it costs almost zero development efforts to do that. And they have something in the game now that they can say, oh, look, we have something in our game that nobody has done yet. You know, Hardcore players have at it. You know, Some people go at it, other people won't. I'm never going to do it, right? Because it requires a tremendous time commitment. But just having that there really makes me feel better about the game. Because I have a friend that is trying to do it. And it's just like, it's really cool to see them try. And it's cool to see that, damn, you know, this is, you could be a hero. Like, again, I, it sounds very cheesy. But in, in the equivalent in, in WoW was like the Naxxramas thing, you know. If you see somebody in vanilla WoW with like 2.0 or 1.0 raid gear, it was like, holy shit, this guy was like, this guy's a big deal. I go cry around this guy. Everybody in the server knows that guy's name. It was a big deal. And, you know, obviously, there's efficiency argument there. With Naxxramas, obviously, efficiency argument there. But with achievements or titles and some other form of content where the developers aren't painstakingly developing content that for, for like such a tiny player base, it can be done, I think, beautifully. And I think MMORPGs need that. No other game has stuff like that. Okay, so even with the with the tower thing, I have other examples. And I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here. And I mentioned this in the weekly raid. I think the way to go... 
first of all, I agree. You're right. There should always be. Here's the thing. You know, when I was playing MRPGs back in the day, even when I wasn't playing, like when I was out at school or, or just, you know, watching TV or doing something else, I would be planning in my head what I would be doing in the game months from now. Right? So I would always have like a goal. Okay? Because some things were always out of reach. And you mm-hmm. could do that uh, without just, you know, making combat. First of all, I don't think it should even be limited to combat. I think I think we're too focused on combat with MRPGs yeah, right, today. Yeah. So, for example, when I played Ultima Online, uh, my when I logged in, my aim was not to be the strongest character in the game. Okay, that was I never thought about being the best uh, fighter in the game. I I played to trade rares. I was a merchant. I like I would I would try to get bigger house. When I played Neopets, or when we played Neopets, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to make your pet stronger, right? Yeah. But, we never did that. You know, we didn't care what our, our pet was dying. You know, the stats didn't matter. Mm-hmm. We never. We, I don't. I don't think I ever did combat against another player once in Neopets. My goal was to have as much Neo points as possible. So I think if you want aspirational content, the way to do it is not this very expensive raid content. No, you're that, right. You're right. It's horizontal goals. So each segment of the player base, whether you're a collector, a fighter, uh, explorer, a social person, you have to have your own goals, and the game should support multiple. You know, path of you know aspirational content like that. So one, it's easier to develop now because instead of adding this very expensive content every patch, you just have to build these systems that basically can go on on their own forever. You know, kind of like a sandbox style. Yeah, and my personal experience with Final Fantasy XIV was some of the most fun I had in Final Fantasy XIV was not you know combat progression or strength progression. You know, some of the most fun I had in the game was you know making lots of money in the game because I, I wanted to buy the biggest house possible. And that really had me hooked on the game. Like, okay, I got, I got, I got to run my casino. I got to make this money. I got to maybe buy and sell some items. And I had a tremendous amount of fun doing that. I mean, people like, you know, some people like you're just sitting in town running a casino. But it, I had interesting discussions with people. I made some friends on there. It was such a fun experience for me. But the problem was once I had like 500 million gil in the game, which is obviously a shit ton of money. Like, I think at one point I had like 700 million. Once I got that much, I could literally buy anything I wanted. But mm-hmm. this seems like such a simple thing to fix, right? Imagine Square Enix today. They just made, they design a new house accessory, right? It's mm-hmm. called like the golden vase. It just costs 500 million gil. Mm-hmm. And that, that's all it is. It, just, it just looks pretty. It's in the house. I don't think it requires that many design resources to make that, right? But I think it creates this, this money sink in the game. This like, if you have that item, you kind of flaunting your wealth in the game, some kind yeah. of prestige, right? And th- that's another way of progression with just, just accumulating gil, accumulating currency. And I think that would actually be massively beneficial to the game's economy as well, because if people are spending their money on on this, they're not using that money to uh, drive up the price of other goods. You know, it actually mm-hmm. ends up being a win-win for the player base as well, and allows players to kind of flaunt their for no, some other form of progression. Whether it's that golden vase, it could be something else. Obviously, it could look really cool. Yeah, uh, but I uh, think that's uber important. Like I was thinking in Final Fantasy fourteen, the facade of your house. Are there, there's only yeah. a few types of facades, there's right? There's a bunch. There's a bunch. Okay, so imagine upgrading your there's facade. Wallpapers. Yeah. For like outside, for like hundred thousand, you can get like the marble gilding or whatever. Like the only. If you can only get if you spend like 100 million or 200 million, whatever. Exactly. They have the, the it's called wallpapers for your, you know, the facade. And there are definitely different themes of them. Yeah. They can make one theme just cost like 100 yeah, yeah. million. Yeah, 100 yeah. Million. Make, make one cost a billion, you know, like it, it doesn't even matter. It just, it's just the prestige of having it, some kind of gold sink. Some I mean, people, some people will work towards that too. It gives them a reason to keep playing. And you can have this for, for Palace of the Dead. You can have it for the facades. You can have it for, you know, maybe as a crafting too, some kind of immensely difficult crafting challenge. Like only, 0.1% of dedicated people will ever achieve. It I, gives them something to work towards. I think the problem is it's a lot easier to do at the beginning than than, than tack on later uh, in terms of at least concepts. So, for example, I'll give you a good example. In EVE mm-hmm. Online, everyone who's played EVE has thought about being the guy in charge of a giant alliance, commanding mm-hmm. a thousand starships, all these systems under their control. But here's the thing. Nothing in the game prevents you from doing it. You know, you have to do it, though. 
So that, that's aspirational, but in a way that costs the developers nothing. Yes. Okay. So that's like that. That's the key. Have mechanisms in place that for different kinds of players can achieve different kind of goals, and it's kind of open ended. Um, it's harder to do than it is to say, obviously. So we haven't really seen too much. But but you you'd think this was common sense, right? But like so many games don't have most games don't have any of this. Like again, the most recent example I can think of is the Palace of the Dead in Final Fantasy XIV. Every raid has been cleared in in WoW. Every raid has been cleared in Final Fantasy. Like what else is there that nobody else has done in other games? There was that 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 portal in Tibia, which is really cool. It was such a dumb thing, but like there was there was that you need to be level nine 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 to go through that portal in Tibia. And it really led nowhere, basically. But by having that in the game for such a long time, people are always thinking in the back of their mind, maybe, like, if I keep playing this game, one day, you know, I'm not actually working towards it, maybe one day I'll be the one to go through that portal. You know, there was this mystery, this mystique behind it. And even though you don't have to be the one participating in that mystery to be participating in that achievement, as a player in that world, I really think it makes the experience so much better. And again, I, I got so much joy out of this, this, this Palace of Dead nonsense because I'm never going to do it, but it was so cool that maybe, like, in the back of my mind, I tried running in solo. I got to like level 20, and I kind of paused <laughs> over there right now. Like, I'm probably going to wipe before I get to 50. It's my first time doing it solo. I'm going to get wrecked. But like, in the back of my mind, I could be that guy. You know, it's not going to be me, but I, I could be him. It's that dream of being the NBA star as a as a high school basketball player. It's not going to happen. But wow. having, if you didn't have that, if you never had that dream, you maybe never, you know, you may never even want to play basketball. You know, and I feel like MMORPGs they don't have that dream anymore. Everyone gets everything in one way or another. You know, and, and I don't mean to diminish the the accomplishment to the raiders because people that cleared that that dungeon in world of warcraft on the first day they wiped like hundreds of times it obviously took them all day to do it and immense dedication i just want something in the game that's kind of like you have to reach for that's like that's nobody else has done it just there's something about it it just i think it's immense and i, I do want to share the comment one, one interesting comment somebody made on this um on the article it was actually a comment from reddit which i, I moved over to the on there somebody named don't stand in stupid which i feel like that kind of echoes uh, some of the mentality, it's just kind of bothers me. Won't happen anymore. Every time a game tries to do this, the unwashed masses get their butt hairs in a tizzy because it isn't fair that they got something they didn't pay that I didn't. I pay three hours a week. I should be able to achieve just as much. In all seriousness, though, uh, the decline of exclusivity did not did a lot for taking the soul out of MMOs. Back in the days of EQ, Ultima Online, even Vanilla WoW, seeing someone with full tier sets, class armor mounts, epic mounts, weapons, etc., was an event. And the person was lauded. Now, every mouth breather thinks that... Okay, so this actually reminded me of something. Hmm. Another great way to do aspirational content. In WoW, and I'm, maybe it's still this way, but only one person per, ser per faction, per server, right, could be the marshal, the grand marshal, mm -hmm. right? That's aspirational content. Oh, it's, 100%. That's awesome. You know, so only one per server, and it, it changes you know, every, every season or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So there are lots of ways to do this without costing... Here's a big thing. Without costing too many development hours. Because that's the key. Because I think there is a valid argument to be made that, look, these games are big. They have hundreds of staff, millions of players. They ha the, the staff has to focus on content that will be played by players. So have, have some low-effort development stuff that uh, the high-end players can enjoy for a long time. And yeah, I, I think, again, that, that was a big argument on Reddit with the people discussing this, uh, this, con this concept of aspirational content. You know, people again. It's it's obvious that you you just can't devote resources to that. But I do think just even taking existing content, maybe, maybe like some of the boss fights in Final Fantasy. Imagine requiring players to do it solo. Maybe change the mechanics a bit. Like the boss does the same mechanics, but the numbers are adjusted. Right? That requires obviously a bit more development time than you know maybe doing the Palace of that solo thing, just changing numbers over there. But I think having something like that too can be done. It doesn't need nothing designed specifically for them. But if you adjust current content. 
in such a way, I think you can also kind of achieve that as well. And the point is like, it, it, it really doesn't matter how difficult it is. Honestly, the more difficult, the better, because it just, you just, I think you want to dangle that carrot in front of players. That if, if that carrot is dangled in front of you, that maybe you will be special. And look, if I saw somebody in the game that has a title in Final Fantasy 14 that has, like, I cleared Palace of the Dead, Floor 200 solo, I'm like, holy shit, this guy's like, this guy's something, you know? Like, I'm like yo, look at this, check this guy out, you know, check him out. He's a fucking big deal. And it, it, it's cool. And I feel like we, is that, I feel like that, that sense of coolness is kind of lost. There are players in games, obviously, that kind of rise above the ranks, become well known, maybe usually for creating community content, stuff like that. But it's really hard that like you kind of laud over random people you see anymore. And I think that was lost since uh, the days of EverQuest and Ultimate. And, and, I think know, wow. I think those days are lost forever. There's no way. There's no going back. Like, a lot of a lot of what we're experiencing is a is nostalgia, and b is the fact that the internet itself was early back then. When I in EverQuest, or okay, when I saw somebody like who sits down and he's floating because he's wearing a special cape that makes him float, right? Mm-hmm. The reason it was cool is because I didn't know why he was floating. Like I didn't know what was going on. I never, I never saw this item before. Now, if a new MMORPG comes out on day one, you're gonna have cheat sheets. You know, like like websites with um, like Thoughtbot or whatever, like Wowhead, whatever. You can have these web services that tell you every item, every what the boss you know, drops are, the rates of each drop for every single monster, every boss, uh, the rundown of every dungeon, every mechanic, every of every fight. You know, so because of these, because of how big the internet is today, I don't think those days will ever come back. Oh, that's fair. That's fair too. Uh, somebody actually mentioned it's pretty. Uh, FF14 is actually adding a new tier of um, ultimate content. It's called Beyond Savage, actually, because yeah, yeah, we're yeah. talking about Final Fantasy as well. And uh, with the Beyond Savage content, which is the the next coil of Bahamut, it's kind of remaking some 2.0 content for the game. Uh, they're actually going to say it's basically made to be cleared. Is that made to be cleared by anybody outside of the world's first, slash server first tier people? Like they're they're saying that this content is only legit going to be cleared by like almost nobody. Mm-hmm. Essentially, saying that like, you really are not going to be able to pug this, you know, pick up group it the way you can with all the other content in the game. Which is pretty interesting, right? But we'll see if that actually remains to be seen, if it remains to be true. But people are already complaining. Normal players are complaining about the game being gated behind uh, clearing the current rate tier. And I'm sure people will complain that, like, oh, we have all this content nobody can do again. I do love the fact that at least they're putting something out there that's on the high end. And they're doing it in a way that doesn't take away too many resources. Yeah, yeah. Again, they're remaking 2.0 content. Content's already been out there. Just scaling it up and making it more difficult. It takes less design resources. I, I kind of hate though difficulty settings. I know why they do it, the companies, right? But mm-hmm. it just feels cheesy to me. It's like, it's like here, I'll give you an example. And right now we're playing Tales of uh, what was the new one we're playing? Berseria. Berseria, okay. And obviously we played on the hardest mode, but then we kept getting wiped and whatever, so we lowered the mode. And it, it, it just felt like we're, we're like we're hurting. It's like it's like going into a fight with one hand. You just have to put one hand behind your back. Yeah, you could make it hard for yourself, but like it's just a silly way to make it hard for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like. So uh, it just feels a little cheesy to me with the whole difficulty tiers. No, I agree, but it, there's no way around it with uh, yeah. with modern MRPGs. And I, and I'm willing to accept that already, you know? Okay. I'm willing to accept that, that yeah. that's fine. And I, I do the, the solution to this problem lies not in dungeons. I think it lies in, in crafting. It lies in, like, secondary objectives, like doing things solo that were meant to be group play with the Palace of the Dead. Uh, stuff like that, I think it really make MRPGs more fun again. And I think if Blizzard does... Uh, some other games have to implement more things like this, and I really think it can revitalize MMORPGs a lot. All right. Uh, anything else? I, w- I kind of want to move on to Destiny Two real quick. Uh, I-, I think I'd have mentioned one. Uh, one of the comments, if I can find it. But no, you-, you can you can go for a Destiny for now. Okay. First, uh, or did you know there's a live action Destiny Two commercial? Yes, and I saw it. it looks pretty awesome, actually. I actually wanted to play it. Uh, I'm gonna play it. Okay. 
Alright, feel free. It's two minutes, guys. Bear with us. Put sound Look, up. Here we go. Here, so let me catch you up. Everything you love about Earth is gone. Your skinny, no-foam vanilla latte? Gone. Binge-watching? Gone. Carbs, love songs, the Grand Canyon? Ruined! Okay, that didn't change much. But say goodbye to surprise parties. Ketchup and mustard, late-night texts, Taco Tuesdays, and if that wasn't enough, puppies are... Puppies. I know, right? Who does that? I mean, I'm more of a cat guy, but still, where was I? Everything is gone, except for the last city. And now, a psycho rhino named Gaul has come to take that away too. So it's time to bring out the big guns. It's not a metaphor, guys. Go grab some big guns. Because if we're going down, we're going down fighting. Do it for the tower and the ramen shops. Do it for the loot! They've taken from us, but most importantly, do it for the puppies! Uh, follow that guy. There it is, boys. Now, the reason I bring this up is it's actually launching tomorrow, right? For consoles, mm -hmm. at least. And not until next end of next month for PC. And the reason I brought this up is not because I'm super-duper hyped for it, though I will try it for PC when it comes out, is because it kind of reminds me of a discussion we had last week about an average gamer, uh, whether mobile gaming is real gaming. I know there's a lot of people... I know a lot of people, first of all, who are going to buy this shit on console, okay? Mm-hmm. Honestly, at this point, I, I don't see the difference between mobile and console players. Whoa, whoa, that's a bit extreme. Okay, and here's what I mean. Here's why. There are people I know who are going to buy this on console who, who are people who are gamers. Like, that's their main hobby. They play lots of games every day for hours. How can you, like, respect yourself as a gamer if you buy this on console? Why? Do you know how the auto... It's on console first. Do you know how auto-aim works on this game? It, it helps you aim. But... Okay, let me, let, me, let, me, let me find a quote for you here, buddy. All right, find me that quote. Okay, here we go. Aim assist is woven deep into Destiny's weapon design. There are actually three different components to it. The movement of your erectile slows down when it's over a target. The erectile resists moving off the target. And the bullets are slightly magnetic, which means that the game treats near misses as hits. Enemies pull bullets towards them if you aim close enough. With aim assist, the game fools you into thinking you are much more accurate than you are. How is that not like a form of autoplay? It is, but also I think somebody made a great comment that the game Destiny 2 is literally, literally a sequel to a console-only game. So obviously, a lot most people will buy it on console, given the fact that again it is a sequel to a console-only game. Hold. However, I do see your point that the auto assist does make it seem a bit like the auto play we've seen in mobile games, but obviously not to the same degree. Okay, and don't forget on console it's going to be 30 FPS while it's unlocked on PC. Mm -hmm. So Con console so confirmed ruining gaming industry. How <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't get why you would want to gimp your like. 
30 FPS for a shooter? I, I think I'd rather just gouge my eyes out. Like, go play Overwatch 30 FPS, see what happens. Uh, personally, I don't like playing FPS games on console. That's that's my personal preference as well. My console is usually reserved for JRPGs or something else. But for FPS games, I much prefer the mouse and keyboard. But again, I think a lot of people don't have good PCs. A lot of people are playing on console for that reason. In fighting games, they say is actually fighting games make more sense on PC on, on on console because the community there is much bigger and much more lively. That's why a lot of people actually argue that there's no reason to buy a, a fighting game on PC. I don't know, man. This is this is like. This is my ultimate test, all right. If if you're playing if you're playing this on uh, console when it comes out next month on PC as well, I don't think it's a big deal. What? Okay. Again, it's a sequel to a console only game. Of course, they're gonna play it on console. Okay, and, and auto assist is not that big of a deal, all right. The game what? itself is what the game itself is still gonna be fun. Oh my god, I don't know, man. Auto, auto well, all right, Candy Crush is fun deal. too. I'm a gamer now. All right, what, what's yeah, the difference? Sure, but but they're not the same tier at all. You can't compare the average guy who plays Candy Crush to the guy who plays Destiny two. Or Destiny One. I'm, I'm comparing they're not, them. They're not in the same ballpark. They are. More importantly, how do you feel about the fact that the microtransactions are going to impact gameplay? I'm okay with that because, like I said, if you're playing on console, you're already a mobile gamer in my eyes. So forget, forget, forget. Well, forget <laughs> console on PC as well. Okay. The loot uh, boxes will contain items that can enhance your weapons that can will actually assist in gameplay. Obviously, to the degree, you know, we won't know for sure until it launches. Well, I mean, it's a it's a it's a sequel to a mobile to a console game, so it's okay. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't see. I don't see how that's related. <laughs> All right. More. More importantly, now that you brought up the, we brought back the discussion of the average gamer in the console game. We have to mention this one story, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, it's yeah, about, right, right. Uh, okay. It's about a game. A game journalist named Dean from GamesBeat. Okay. GamesBeat is a website that writes about the games industry. Then you show off GamesBeat.com real quick. They write. They write the games industry on the financial side, but they also actually write quite a bit of articles about actual video game design. And like actual gaming content as well, so it's not purely the business side of gaming. It's actually like real gaming journalism and content as well. And this is a video by their their lead writer, not 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 the, not a writer. Okay, this is their lead writer, and he is playing Cuphead, a demo at Gamescom for a game called Cuphead. Please just check this guy out. Play. Watch him. Okay, play. okay. So I'll turn the audio up. I haven't seen this. Yes, I've seen. My brother has not seen this yet, and I, I told him not to watch it. Until we do it for the podcast, because we'll see his reaction live. Okay, so I'm going to turn the sound up a little here. Here we go. Three, two, one. Watch him play. This is a, the lead writer for GamesBeat. He's a games journalist. He's a professional. All right. Gaming is his, his hobby. His life. His life. Do you, do you see what he's doing? He, he, he can't jump to the left and then double jump, you know. What? My mind is blown right now. Does he ever get past this part? Oh, yeah, he did it. He finally decided. He finally. Oh. <laughs> My mind is blown. He Why is he still trying to jump over the fucking wall? This is real. This is real. They even, they even shamefully uploaded themselves. VentureBeat, the guys that owned the publication, uploaded themselves as well. Okay. So while we're gonna watch, we keep watching. I'm gonna talk about this. Okay, Omar. Okay. So He's still struggling. During our last grind fest together, I missed last week's. I don't know if you did mm -hmm. one with Hyper Universe. Yeah, I did Hyper Universe. Okay, so during the Dauntless one, we talked about what what it takes to what, what is an average gamer. Okay, mm -hmm. and uh, we had some a heated discussion about what an average gamer is in terms of skill entails in terms of skill. So I think Omar, I took the side that the average gamer is much worse and dumber than we realized, right? 
Omar kind of took the position that no, I was being too, uh, too harsh, right? Uh, I think this Omar is good evidence for me on my to my side that the average gamer, okay, is is pretty bad. I think no, this is not. This is just evidence of somebody who genuinely is an autistic gamer, in terms of their gaming skill. Okay, this guy, I think he's the. I think the guy, I think maybe he wrote for games. The their the, was it, they they do Venture Beat, which is a like a tech startup website. Maybe he got transferred to the game section, and maybe he's like, hey, I played some Atari when I was a kid. I know all about games, you know. But clearly, he doesn't. And I don't think this is representative at all of the average game. This is not. There's no way this is representative of the average game. The tutorial, he struggled for how many, at least like a full two minutes on that first like part where you just literally jump over the goddamn thing. Omar, I have another good example of this. Okay, so there's a phone for the game. I'm sure you've all heard it. It's one of my favorite games. It's called Flappy Bird. Okay. On Flappy Bird, I offered my girlfriend a Louis Vuitton bag if she could get 20 points on Flappy Bird. My high score is over 300. Just humble brag there. Humble brag, all right. Okay, all right. so my score is over 300. She had to get to, and uh, there's no time limit. You know, she kept trying for a while. You know, every day, she, you know, so, and then if she ever gets a 20, I'm going to get her Louis Vuitton back. I am so confident that I will never have to pay out. And I would, uh, I was having lunch with a friend of hers in Vancouver, and we were having lunch, and, the, and her kids were there, the friend's kids. And the guy was like, I'm a gamer too. Like, and I told him about what I do. I play all these MMOs. He's like, well, I know about VR. Hey, I'm a gamer. So I gave him the phone. I'm like, okay. Get ten points on Flappy Bird. I'll buy you any game you want. He got to, he got to six though at the, by the end of the dinner uh, lunch, but he couldn't get to ten. And, and this is a kid who and kids love playing games, right? So what? Yeah. I think the average gamer is a lot worse than you think, Omar. No, I. Also, Flappy Bird is is quite challenging as well. Uh, Do- I think anyone who puts in the if you if you try for like five six hours, like even if you're pretty bad, I think you will learn the mechanics. It comes to a patient a patience game as well. Not everyone has the patience for a game like Flappy Bird. Okay, what do you think the average gamer can get in Flappy Bird after after five hours of play at gunpoint? <laughs> five hours of forced play at gunpoint. Yeah, I think the average gamer will easily get past ten, easily fifteen, probably twenty, maybe. No way, I don't think. I don't think so. At gunpoint, playing for five hours, nonstop. <laughs> I don't think so. All that shit talking mobile gamers, but has scored three hundred on Flappy Bird. All right, Eugen. Eugen says his mom got more than ten within thirty minutes. Your mom is an above average gamer. You should be proud. I still think your 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 standard for average gamer is un- unbelievably low, and I think this 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 games journalist playing Cuphead though I think definitely did not do the industry any favors. It just it's actually what, some of the comments are pretty hilarious on YouTube. I want to read one out loud. Is this really a human being playing, or is it a self-learning artificial neural network? <laughs> because you notice he kept like running up and hitting the wall like like twenty times. Oh my god! <laughs> this is actually a cute game though. I don't, I don't know what this is, but it looks like a pretty cute game. It's like a Disney yeah. style. Dark Souls. The, the, the Dark Souls of video game. The Dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this gave me the biggest cringe though. Once I saw somebody retweet this, I actually and- am not surprised. I know I I read on Twitter this this was getting shit on, but I was away, so I didn't actually watch the video or, or read about it too much. I'm mm-hmm. not surprised, man. I, I'm, I I think I think you know. Just look back at your experiences. The average person, like when they came to our house and we played, like we were playing like Elite Beat Agents or. Um, some, anything, portal, whatever. The average guy just kind of walks into a wall and then just jumps a few times and, and then fails. That's it. No, but if that was the case, let's, let's bring back the MMOs for a moment. If that was the case, like some of the story dungeons of Final Fantasy XIV, right? They're not difficult at all by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I would say they're pretty brain dead, right? Mm-hmm. But if this guy was trying to get past like any of the story dungeons with four other, three other retards with his skill of his level of gameplay, no chance. 
they're, they're designed for the average person to beat them, right? The, the yes. story dungeons. Mm -hmm. There is zero chance this guy will ever beat the main storyline in Final Fantasy. It's possible. He just he would not be able to function at the level to do it. I but think everybody. Does. I think they they overgrind to it. One average player. Yeah. It, yes, but it sinks you down. Okay. You're doing and, yeah. You you have to, it sinks you lower, and your gear lower as well. And number two, I bet if we looked at the complaints or or um, feedback that Final, uh, Square Enix receives from their dungeons, I bet the number one complaint is the dungeons are too hard. I don't think I would. I would bet you anything that the people complaining that the story dungeons are too hard versus the too easy is a hundred to one in terms of people complaining it's too easy, too yeah, hard. We don't, we don't know. I okay. mean, maybe maybe I'll look at the Final Fantasy boards one day and see if people are mm -hmm. complaining that it's too difficult. But they the thing is though, it's they they won't complain because most of those people, right? Even if they're really bad at the game, you queue up a dungeon like the thing, the way it's set up is like if I AFK, we'll still beat the dungeon, right? Because mm -hmm. I have three other people that will do it for me. Mm -hmm. So. It's impossible to actually complain because even if you are genuinely like this guy who just can't play video games, mm -hmm. you will still get passed because other people will carry you. But I'm saying okay. if he had to play with people like himself, like himself, okay. there's zero chance. Impossible. But but don't you think people fail those dungeons? I do, and then they requeue and try again. It's very rare. I, I, I don't think it's. I, don't... I think it's very rare because yeah, even if one person goes AFK, yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll still get done. So, but I do believe that once in a while, when four noobs, yeah, scrubs, blue yeah. they will they will wipe and they'll just have to redo it. And I think that happens. I do. I do think the way the queue set up, it kind of queues up new players with people that have done it before. Okay. okay. I, I, I'm guessing that's how they designed the queue as well. I'm, I, I'm sure they designed it that way because people were failing multiple times. It was like a brick wall for them. Mm -hmm. uh, what else was going to say about difficulty? Anyway, guys, I think the average gamer, like I said, I think the reason so many of these games did dumb it down, their difficulties, especially MMORPGs, is because people were having the brick walls. And I'm not surprised. Like, I... I it's too easy to get wrapped up in our own bubble uh, where, we, you know, you play with people your skill level, obviously. Um, and it just, it just... Okay, here's a good example, too. League of Legends recently, um, or maybe you have the full story here. They got rid of the level 30 cap, right? Yes. And they made it so you can keep leveling as you play more, uh, and then you get a loot box every level. So it's kind of copied Overwatch, but more importantly, I think this is why they did it. I think the average League player... Once that level, their level 30, is their main form of progression. Because they don't play ranked. Yes. Okay, they don't play ranked. Um, they just get new heroes and then they so seeing that number go up now is gonna they're gonna think they're progressing. Like as, yeah, a, as sure. a player, as like a okay, because they don't do ranked. If they did ranked, they'd be bronze five, you know, and just never go anywhere. So that's yes. the average gamer. <laughs> I, I wish we had some numbers on because I'm sure Riot and over and, and Blizzard, for example, they there is something called a normal game Elo system. Like they, Blizzard mm -hmm. knows where you stand based on how much normal games you've played, right? And they could probably translate to a ranked score as well. And I wish we we knew that information because I don't think if you I think if you look at the average in league, you know the average number might be like silver, uh, like two right now, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the average number. If you put all the players that don't play ranked into that equation, maybe it's maybe it's silver five, you know. But the Silver 5 player has a grasp on what's going on. He has no awareness of the map, right? But he has a grasp on the mechanics, which I think, you know, there are pretty half-decent mechanics, but no awareness. But that guy, with mechanics, you can solve these puzzles. Like, this guy is clearly not an average gamer. I I, I don't know why you don't think... Okay, here's another example I'll give then. All right, all right, I haven't played League, but we have, Omar, we have friends that we knew for over 15 years now, right? That played, um, that played Dota. And yeah. some of them still play Dota. And some of them who were good in high school are still good. And some of them who were bad in high school, despite playing day, every day for the past 10 years, yeah, they're, still bad, yeah. they're still, not only are they bad, they have no concept of what, they, they don't know how fast their hero moves compared to other things. They don't know what the spells do, how much damage they do. What They have no situational awareness of when they can go in, when they can't. Like, 
These things, this, that's, that's, what, that's what the average player is. They just go in and but they die. But those players are, are still light years ahead of like the people you're portraying as average. The guy that we've seen in this video is not average. Uh, he, the guy, he might be slightly below average. But again, right. my point is, it helps my point that the average is low. But I still think you can design around having, you know, you can, you can be inclusive. You know, you don't have to alienate the hardcore players. And I do think, again, that the, even the casual players benefit by having this, you know, this, this kind of high-end content that they can't mm -hmm. complete. Anyway, we should uh, let, let's move on to another fun topic this week. A topic which got quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of discussion here on on uh, rmos.com article as soon as I find it about hyper universe online. Oh, or just hyper universe rather. This is fun. It's, it's a fun one. I just got to find it. Uh, uh, essentially, what, yeah, what they did was they actually uh, ended up censoring some of the content in hyper universe, which created quite a bit of uproar amongst uh, some of the more ardent supporters of anti censorship and and free speech here. And I, I, I linked the article, the news article I put up for it. I got 30 comments about people talking. I, I, you can see very clearly what the changes were. And this isn't the only Korean game to be censored, by the way. We talked about Blade and Soul, uh, and then more RPG, actually, which had some of the game's story censored to be more, you know, less dark. You know, more, I don't know. They could, it, it had more darker tones to it in the Korean version. And the Western release, they got rid of all that. Some of that, at least. Some of the storylines. But you can see the, some of the changes to the English version. And right away, I'm going to say I am ab adamantly against any form of censorship, especially when they're making the boobs, when it involves breast size reduction. That that, that like doubles my anti-censorship approach. Hold up, hold up. But all, they're going into war. You know, they need they need to uh, fix their back pain to, to perform no, better. No, 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 no. You can't, you can't artificially make their boobs smaller like that. So that's, 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 that's just silly. It just seems like the developers are, like, who is who is benefiting by these changes? First of all, because people are a lot of people are outraged. A lot, a lot of people left straight up negative reviews over this, like on Steam. I'm never going to play this game because of censorship. Like clearly, some people, vocal people, obviously it doesn't represent the entire games community, but some people are clearly vocal about it and they're really offended by it. You know what the so funny? Who, who is benefiting by this? Okay, okay. Here's, here's this is a non-story, and here's why. Before we find out about this, nobody noticed. Omar, we, Omar and I both played the Korean version, and then we and then we played the American version, right? And I, 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 even, I even played some of the busted characters, like the guy, the lady with the big gun, the the, like the trench coat. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't notice that there was any you know change to the characters. So I didn't because it was so long since we played the Korean version. If I played the Korean version, like, and the next day I played the American version, I think I, I would have noticed. What else are you staring at during loading screens and stuff? Nothing. You stare at titties. Okay. Okay. Hundred percent, you noticed. We played. There was a big gap between when we played the Korean version and we yeah, played the American version. That's true. That's the only reason we didn't notice. But are these it's changes that big? I don't think that. No, it's pretty hard. Like this one. Look, all that happened here is um, this black thing top she's wearing inside got a little longer, right? For yeah. The, this lady uh, looks like her boobs got a little bit smaller. Uh, more this, smaller and covered. And more covered. I, it's, yeah, I can't tell with the angel chick. It just seems like her boobs just got a little bit smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The other chick, you can tell, the one with the, the, the hat. Yeah. The, the, See, a little smaller, that's all. And it's more covered. Because it's smaller. It's like, it's like, it's like the, gifts. the shirt, okay, I'll look at it. The shirt got the same size. Okay. So this this is this is very mild. Honestly, the, my bigger point is, I don't know why they bothered, only because it's just a small difference. Yeah, why did they bother yeah. then? Oh, uh, yeah. If they were going to if they were gonna censor, they could have gone all the way and just, you know, just covered them up, you know? Like, I don't that's, know. The only thing I would accept is that they, they, they have to go full. If they wanted to censor, they got to go full censor. If they're going to release this game in, like, Saudi Arabia, they got to put the woman in the full, uh, you know, full burkas, right? And uh, look, if, if they want to localize it for that market and maybe you got to put burkas on your female characters, I get that, right? But if, you, if you're releasing a game in America where, you know, sex is not, like, so taboo, like, no, 
it, it's this seems kind of silly. We already Wait, have sex, violence. Sex effects. is taboo here. No, come on. We, we don't censor to, our porn the way per, Japanese do. In Korea, they take illegal to make porn or something. There's a, there's a lot of anti-sex laws in Japan and anti like porn laws in, in Korea. What are the, we don't hold, have those first laws. of all, Mark, we're not talking about porn. Let's let's stop talking okay. about porn, okay? Because that's a separate issue. When it comes to like characters, like shows and TVs and com and comics and 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 stuff like that, Asia is actually much more open uh, with with sexuality. Like it, that's why in anime, there's always ichi shit going on in anime uh, that what you yeah. that couldn't happen here on like Sunday night, the Sunday morning cartoons. Well, so America is much. Cartoons, I don't think those etchy cartoons are on on Sunday morning cartoons. I think anything that's etchy is pretty much late night crap. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, do you, do you think Japanese cartoons in the morning for the kids? Or just like you just see giant boobs and like yeah, really wiggling stuff. Like yeah, yeah. I don't think so. I do. Okay, we we need we need a we need an anime expert here. Uh, who's an anime who's expert our anime expert? I I the correct in the chat. I don't think that happens. I, I do. I think it does. And I do think even like things like um like Yu-Gi-Oh cards and stuff. Somebody mentioned are are more revealing in Japan. And it's made for kids, not not you know. DBZ had asses. There you go. See. <laughs> Somebody claims to be an expert weeb. A weeb uh, PhD? Maybe you can clarify this. Uh, look, I don't. Dark magician girl. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, dark magician girl best waifu. I'm surprised you didn't know this, but I'm telling you, even the kid stuff in Japan is much more uh, revealing than in America. Obviously, it's not porn. I'm not, it's not like naked people, but they don't. Yeah, exactly. They don't shun childhood sexuality in, in Asia. All right. Regardless, I don't think this these changes did anything but piss off players. Again, if you wanted to really make it sense, you got to do a lot more than that. I mean, who are they protecting by this? It's such a small change anyway, and it is frustrating to see that they did this. Okay, I agree that it's a small change, so it's pointless. That was just—I think they did it so they could justify their um, salaries. Like, if you're next on America, right? Your job is to uh, take the game from the parent company and mm -hmm. uh, you know get it ready for the American audience. So you have to justify your your salary, which I assume in California is at least like 50, 60 grand a year, right? Per, per person. So they have to justify their existence. It, all they did was change the, the, you know, the words from Korean to English. You know, Google Translate can do that. So that's just, you know, but they can say, well, you see, we used to save you a billion dollar lawsuit by uh, shrinking the boobs by one bra size, you know? Good job. I don't approve. <laughs> and I've actually been playing a decent amount of Hyper Universe. Uh, I did shit on the game quite a bit for their tutorial system. It is worth mentioning that since I complained about it, they did reduce the level requirement to, to get past the bot games in Hyper Universe from 6 to 5. And so they're moving in the right direction. They actually acknowledge in patch notes that, you know, there's a problem there. We're still working on it, you know? So I think by the time Hyper Universe launches, hopefully they can get rid of that bullshit requirement altogether. And people can skip the bot matches because nobody likes playing against bot matches. Maybe your casual players do. Maybe they have that there for the casual players that you're defending. Uh, actually, somebody in chat said earlier they had a buddy who has who played you know, who's been playing Dota for years and has only ever played against bots. Interesting. <laughs> That's pretty nuts. <laughs> well, it's another point I'll make. Um, if you play online games, like if you play games online against other human beings, that alone I think puts you makes you above average. Me. You know, the average guy doesn't play online games, I don't think. At least in America. I don't know about Asia. The, they actually censored the, the boob physics as well, actually. If you're running, when your character runs in the game, and when she stops running, typically in the, in the Korean version, your character's boobs will jiggle a bit, right? In fact, that, that's realistic, all right? They got rid of the realism for censorship, all right? That's a no-go. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think anyone's an actually. I'm outraged. You're outraged? I'm upset. I'm a, I, I, somebody's got to write some sternly worded letters to uh, to Nexon. Okay, right? let's get the. I mean, I don't think it's like uh, 
like, oh my, typically censorship might even be the wrong word because censorship typically involves governments. When the government, when the government of a country censors something, they have the absolute authority to do so. If you self-censor your own content, it's not necessarily censorship because you're doing it to yourself and there's no rules requiring you to do it. It's almost a form of localization, right? I, I, I get that they're within their rights to do it, but it almost seems like, like a really dumb decision to do it. Um, what bothers me about it so much. Do you, do you think they did it to avoid like a T rating or something? I don't know. Do, do Nexon games even have those ESBR ratings? Does, does, oh, hold on. Real talk. Real, does ESRB ratings mean anything? I, I don't know. Maybe it does to Nexon. I think I think you have to avoid the adult only tag, otherwise Walmart won't carry your product. But when you're an online game anyway, I I really don't know if, if it's going to make a big difference. But uh, do you know what this game is ESRB rating? I'm gonna check on Steam right now. I have not seen an ES ESRB rating or pay attention to one in forever. They always have at the beginning of trailers, even for like free to play games. I've noticed. I know, I know that's true. Um, let's find out what the ESRB rating is for this game. All right. <laughs> they have feminists running Nexus Nexon. Does Steam even display ESRB ratings? I'm I, I'm, I can't see it on there right now. Let's see. I think it changes where they can advertise their games. Yeah, that's a good point. So, for example, let's say they want to advertise um, like next to SpongeBob or something. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. it has to be E. Happy Universe ain't running TV ads. Don't worry. It's not that big of a game. I actually like this. I like this Archer Lady's uh, purse. Nice. A lot nice. of people say they actually like the changes and they look better with smaller boobs. But that's not the point. All right. The point is you don't make your boobs smaller. Look, if they made, if they localize to make the boobs bigger. I have no problem with that, okay? I, I would actually say they're doing God's work at that point, right? But by making them smaller, I am I am vehemently upset, all right? I, I want to be upset about this, all right? Let me have this. All right, you can be upset. Uh, but again, real talk. I honestly think they just did it to say, like, hey, look, we're, we're doing our job. Like, like, they wanted to make sure there was something that changed to justify They the... took away a feature. They took away the boob physics. <laughs> that was a feature in the game. Uh, again, I, I think they just did it just to say they did something. But I, I am glad um, you are enjoying the game uh, now. I, I still, again, I was gone, so I didn't get to play my bot matches, but thankfully now I have fewer to play and I can play with you guys next time. Yeah, plus I can actually invite you to games and you can skip those bot matches. Because if you join a party with somebody that's higher than level five, you can skip those bot matches. Mm -hmm. I, I, the game isn't doing very well on Steam Early Access right now. It's got like 100 people, which is clearly not enough to have a balanced community. You know, the game is, and you, you, you can't expect to have a big player base either. It's a, it's a MOBA that costs money. Like that just seems pretty unintuitive. Plus, it costs sixteen dollars. Just wait till it's free to play, and that's the time to check out uh, Hyper Universe. For now, I think just don't worry about it. Let them iron out the bugs and check the game out when it's uh, when it's free to play. I, I, I think I, it is. It's pretty fun. But iron down those playing. boobs, you know. Like, <laughs> gotta you, you you mean pump them up, all right? <laughs> anyway, let's go. Let's go to let's go to Digital Extremes this week. Uh, they just announced another game, which is these guys are on a roll. All right, they announced a game called Rogue. It's a roguelike permadeath MMO called Survived by, and it's pretty intense because. They announced The Amazing Eternals like two weeks ago, right? Mm -hmm. It was called Keystone back then. Now it's called The Amazing Eternals. And right away now they announced another new game. Like, holy shit. What, since they got taken over by their Chinese overlords, they're really diversifying their uh, their development teams here. They're doing a whole other game. What this, do you think about this one? This one looks exactly like what I want. 2D, okay? Old school like style. The, the, the permadeath, you know, the hardcore aspect is great. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm actually more excited for this than The Amazing Eternals now. Well, I, having played Amazing Eternals, I'm actually more excited for this as well right now. Because it's also a lot like Realm of the Mad God, which people in the chat are saying. And I think Realm of the Mad God is a, is a true gem. It was a wonderful experience and is a phenomenal game. And this is being developed by a team I think has more resources than the Realm of the Mad God people. So this could be this could be awesome. It, I mean, it looks it looks pretty. Like, 
I see I see a lot of these kind of pixel games like by indie studios on Steam these days. Um, but this one actually looks like it has some meat to it. That's the thing. Mm. So it does look like fun. I do want to play it. And I love the co- I, I'm assuming it's going to be the co-op. You can meet up somewhere together. Uh, that'd be a lot of fun. And uh, again, it's interesting how similar it is to... Uh, Realm of the Mad to, God? No, yeah. Realm of the Mad God. It's clear that's where the inspiration is from. But if this does well, don't you think it kind of shatters the idea that like you have to be casual to have an audience? Because you know, Realm of the Mad God had thousands of concurrent players, and it did relatively well for an indie game. I mean, I think this game has to get more than thousands to be successful, obviously. But this is a permadeath game. You know, you die, you're done, so you got to make a new character. I don't think casual is just a reference to stuff like that. I think casual... First of all, a lot of games today that are easy are not casual friendly because they require a lot of commitment in terms of just like nonsense tutorials, nonsense single-player content. Whereas a game like this, sure, yeah, you die when you, you know, when you lose everything when you die. But the pick-up-and-play aspect, I think, is really helpful. Like, for example, I, I don't think those early Mario games were particularly casual when it comes to difficulty. Like, like after, like, the first world, they were pretty hard. Like, I... You know, we, we you know we used to play this. We used to do a feature called Throwback Thursday, right? Where we played, you know, very you know, Mega Man, Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. It's for kids, you know. And I remember it was it was a hard game. You know, Donkey Kong is a hard game. And same thing here. This could be a hard game, but because it's so easy to pick up and play, it's still casual friendly. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping it does well. Game looks awesome. I think it's actually it's a whole other discussion. I think one of the problems games face today, specifically MMORPGs, is they're so bloated at the beginning. What's what's you know with big patches, big downloads. You gotta make accounts. You gotta go through this. You know, like Final Fantasy fourteen. You gotta go through fifty hours before you can do anything useful. Well, I I would argue that the early game experience of Final Fantasy fourteen is certainly not uh like it's one of those games that's not fun early on. I think okay, Yoshi yeah. P said that pretty well. He said we understand that our game isn't very fun early on. Right. You have to really commit to it before it starts getting fun. And I think that's a bigger barrier for the casual player than difficulty or or permadeath or whatever. You know, like that's the issue. Like I, I don't want like I don't want to play a game where okay here's a good example I think uh, Destiny has this problem too actually and I think Destiny two will as well before you can play with your friends you have to do a lot of PVE content in Destiny mm-hmm. okay and yeah. it turns off a lot of people because they get invited by their friend hey come play this game with us then they buy it they play it like what I don't it's boring I'm just playing I'm just killing these bots over and over again and they stop so that's that's a big barrier that I think games like this um will help bridge. But how do you think MMORPGs can bridge that? That because we've talked about this being a problem in the past, but I don't think yeah. we've talked about any potential solutions. Well, well, what about something like this? You just kind of you just go, get up and go, you go kill stuff. That's it. And uh, why is it? Yeah, why is anybody done it there? It can't be that simple. Okay, I'll give you another. I'll give you it's, again not a slightly better example. Okay, when when Omar and I want to play random games sometimes with uh with the viewers or with people on Discord, it's not the best games we always pick to play. It's the ones that are one a free to play. Be on Steam and see that you can just literally start as soon as you launch the game, right? I remember overhearing you play a different game. You 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 guys all installed it and then you said, "Oh, this is a tutorial. My bad, guys. Sorry." And you guys closed it, right? Yes, I think uh, one of those games we actually just ran into an issue with was Freestyle Street Basketball, which is this awesome free-to-play game. I, I think it's a phenomenal game actually. I played it recently because uh, one of my buddies was like level. He spent like 50 hours in that game, so he's high enough level to play with me. So, and I wanted to get another friend into it, but we couldn't get the other friend to play because they had to complete five bot five ai matches before they can play against us and that takes like 25 minutes and we weren't gonna i, I don't want I, I can't ask my friend to go through 20 30 minutes of bullshit ai matches just to play with us okay I, I, that's, that's too tall of an order for me to ask okay exactly so then that's what i'm talking about here so i think the next revolution in gaming will be going back to basics of the old school games where you just kind of 
Like, here's another uh, another good example. Uh, I kind of mentioned Mega Man X. Okay, we played it recently, and there's a huge video. There's a video on YouTube explaining why it's such a great game. You literally mm-hmm. open the game on Super Nintendo. There's this title screen. Click start game, and you're playing. You're just going, right? So, yeah. the the from from launch to playtime should be measured in seconds, not not minutes or hours. I think. Yeah, I think it's pretty fair because I, I really don't think you really start experiencing Final Fantasy XIV as an MMORPG until like way hours and hours and hours after you have to get into the mm-hmm. game. And I guess maybe the first dungeon where you you do it with other people is probably maybe we can start calling it an MMORPG because before then it's kind of the single player RPG where you, you're being force fed story stuff anyway. Indeed. So any any time when is this supposed to be coming up? Sign up for free close alpha. Do we have no end of the year, by the end of the year. By, wow. by, it should be coming up by the end of the year. Some form of alpha test, some form of testing before the end of the year. Okay. And the game is still a partnership with Human Head Studios, but I'm pretty sure Digital Extreme is still the developer. I think the, this other studio is doing some kind of work for them as well. So there's some kind of partnership with Human Head. I, do, I still think it's Digital Extremes that are actually the head honchos behind the game, though, because their logos are everywhere on the official website, more so than, more so than Human Head. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that one. That sounds like a lot of fun. Up my alley, my 2D alley. I mean, there isn't too much known about the game either. If you want to learn more about it, I mean, really, you got to base it on the, the, the trailer on the official website. I mean, survivebuy.com shows their one trailer, and, you know, you can see everything about the game. There's really not much to work off of right now. I mean, I do hope they expand the, the concept of Realm of the Madagascar, not just be another clone of it, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I think there'll be some meat on it, based on mm-hmm. their history. I think so, too. I, did, I mean, they, they did phenomenal work with, with Warframe, and the game is easily one of the most successful free-to-play games in the West now, especially a Western developer game. It's, it's booming, so I, I imagine they have the money, they have the know-how now to at least do something decent. Uh, I got a quick question, Or. Uh, I'm sure Go you ahead. heard of this. Uh, Cloud Pirates is shutting down. Now, did you play this game, and what is it like? I actually never... I don't think I ever got around to playing this one. I've played it, and here's the thing. There's this really weird, like... Uh, it's almost like a genre of games at this point. Like I don't know why it happened, but whether it's Cloud Pirates or Galactic Junk League... Or Robocraft to a degree. Maybe not Robocraft, that's maybe land-based. But there's a whole bunch of games just like Cloud Pirates where you kind of make this ship, right? Okay. And you take that ship and you battle it. Like, it's your own creation against other people online. Oh. We did a Sunday Funny one a long time ago for a game like that as well. But there's there's also Crossout as well. A similar concept, but on land. But this, this, this concept that you build this ship and then you just battle it has been done so many times. And Cloud Pirates, while I think it was extremely polished, it wasn't anything it wasn't anything unique that's why i think the game is shutting down i mean i i'm based on this trailer i'm sure it looks beautiful it looks a lot better than oh, that yeah. one we played uh what was the yes. one we played called oh man it was like a galactic steam junk galactic chunkly exactly this looks way cooler than that i'd rather play this and the junk progression League. in cloud pirates did resemble world of tanks 100 percent. there's the progression trees and stuff mm-hmm. but it still had that that almost galactic junk league feel to it and it's it, it was a really pretty game and the interface is gorgeous and I think it was developed by the Allies team, the guys that did that did uh, did the my.com people. They're the ones that I think did uh, Allies Online too. They're, I'm telling you guys, Russian programmers know their shit. Okay, we're stereotyping over here, but like I, in my mind, Russian programmers, and then maybe like Americans or Koreans, and then Chinese. Right? Like, Russians are top tier game developers. My like, not as developers overall, like as developers, they're top tier. I don't know. I, all the Russian games I've played, like even Skyforge, they, they get the programming done right. Okay, some positive stereotype for you guys. Oh yeah, they definitely they definitely know their shit over there in Russia, <laughs> and they get it done quick and cheap. Yes. That's, that's another thing. And what's the other game that's like uh, World of Tanks, War Thunder, right? That's yeah. that's available on every platform too. Like their games are just multi-platform. And they just they just freaking work. 
Mm-hmm. Well, thanks as well. The Slav programmers, yeah, they they know their work, and I, I imagine they're much cheaper to you know contract than the Americans. This looks great. Uh, it's a shame, you know. Are we, are we trying to get uh, the license to some of these games? Maybe you can uh, reach Cloud out. Pirates, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're we, a real company. And we can rename it MMO Pirates, all right? Oh, there you go. Make it MMO Pirates. Rename it. It should be fine. Yeah, you know, I, I want to get to the most cringe news article of the week from in, in me. It, it 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 hurts me a little bit on the inside that when I wrote this news article. Let's okay. See. Turbine, a legendary uh. MMORPG game studio. The guys that really helped shape the MMORPG genre. Okay, look how far look how far they've fallen. Look how far Turbine has fallen. Oh they made Ashdown's Call. Okay, this is one of the earliest MMORPGs, and now they're literally degraded into making pay-to-win garbage mobile strategy games. This is the same garbage we've seen from like all the Machine Zone games. We've seen a reskin version of. Uh, Game of War called Final Fantasy 14, Final Fantasy 15, A New Empire, but now we get the same garbage with a Game of Thrones skin. Wow, and you know what's funny? They've been working on this for God knows how long. Like I remember when Turbine, uh, they moved um, what's left of their, you know, Lord of the Rings Online and DDO took a separate studio, mm-hmm. and they have no other games. Like all they have is this one really horrible, uh, like Batman game, and now this. That's it. I mean. Uh, Milk says, if it pays the bills, why not? No, I, I get it. Like, I, And I do, I'm actually almost, I would bet on anything this game is a commercial success. You have the franchise of Game of Thrones, right? And that's going to bring so many people into the game. And these games, if you, any of the Machine Zone games, they, they got the game design down to a science, okay? This this mobile strategy game, they got the monetization down to a science. They know if they get X number of players, they're going to make X amount of money per player. Because these games really milk the user, and they end up spending so much money. We've seen firsthand how much money people spend on these games. Again, we have a partnership with one of these game companies, Clarium, and we get paid 50% of revenue share on what we send to them, and people go bananas. So they're going to make a lot of money on it, but it, it is, it's just sad to see that this this legendary game company that shaped the genre with Asheron's Call, they made Lord of the Rings Online and DDO, which are still running, but they kind of spun them off to a different studio. And now there's over 100 people working there, I think, and this is what, this is what we get. We get a Game of Thrones garbage mobile strategy game and it really offers nothing new it's gonna be the same garbage as the final fantasy 15 a new empire reskin version of game of war game of war. it's gonna be the same crap we've already seen i want to show a quick gameplay trailer for uh a new empire here that you did yes i want to see what this baby looks like Ooh, it's the same gameplay shit. it's that one is literally the new empire is literally a reskin a complete wow. reskin it looks so ugly it's the same game even the same, even the ads for the game are the same as the ads for Mobile Strike and Game of War. All right, I have a. All right, here's a real news for you. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's a there's a Twitch. I don't know I want to say an Instagram model, who was recently hired to be the spokesman for this game, spokesperson for this Final Fantasy Final fourteen. Fantasy one. Yeah. Yes. Right, she's a Canadian model. First of all, she's a hilarious uh, Twitter uh, banner here. Let me show it for a second. A <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, let me find the. Uh... Oh, is that go. the golden ratio on her ass? Yes, it is. So uh, here's the Fibonacci numbers on her ass, boys. So this is a video uh, of her as the. This is a commercial, I guess. Okay, so it, it's following the same bullshit formula of Game of War that yep. hired these random models. Yep. Like, yep. And it sees like the world and this is such. A, it's the same crap. And the game is garbage. It really shits on the Final Fantasy name. Like, as someone who enjoys Final Fantasy games, though, not so much 15 as the other games, it really cheapens the, the, the brand, in my opinion. However, it's worth mentioning, as a Square Enix shareholder, I, I did a video on Square Enix, 
I think they're a great company. They're going to make a lot of money. As a Square Enix shareholder, I completely you know, approve of this nonsense because they're going to make a shit ton of money. If you look at the App Store right now, I think this Final Fantasy XV, the new Empire, is one of the highest grossing apps right now on iOS. Like top, top 30 or so right now. And it's been climbing up the rankings. So they're going to make a shit ton of money. It just, it just really... It's sad to see that this is what like all our game studios are working on now. There's more variants of the same game. If it was a different game, at least fine. But it's the same game. You play any of these mobile strategy games, they're literally... We talk about Korean games being like clones of Five or Fun, being clones of Allies, being clones of WoW. They're, they're nowhere near clones the same way that Final Fantasy XV and New Empire or Game of War or Mobile. They're all the same shit. Literally the same exact game. Indeed. Uh, and I'm, I'm artist doesn't agree with me, but here's what I think, guys. Because of the way the market's going, like all the big money is in these mobile, like con game games, I do really think that PC games are eventually going to become like board games, like a niche. Like they'll still be good games. Okay, don't get me wrong. There'll be always be millions of players around the world, right? Uh, so you can always get a good, you know, hardcore game going. But it's going to be a niche of the whole general video game market. I hope not. I really hope not. That would that would suck. But mm -hmm. again, I do. I think there's hope though, because with the with the merging of PC and mobile. I mean, there's this other new game that was just announced this last week. We, we had a fair amount of game announcements this last week. Uh, you wrote this one about Yakuza Online. I did. This so, is a... I mean, Yakuza is a pretty well-known series. Right? Yeah, Yakuza is a well-known series. So they're making a new batch of Yakuza games at some time in the future. And the first game in that series is going to be Yakuza Online. Uh, it is. It is gonna be, it's going to be coming out for PC, Android, and iOS. And there's really no information. There's a there's a video, but it's nothing. You have to know Japanese, and you can learn about the lore a little here. Mm -hmm. uh, but okay, so this one has not actually said whether it's going to be cross-platform between PC and mobile yet. But the way things are going in, in a lot of these Japanese games, I do think it will it will be uh, cross-platform PC and mobile. Yeah, I mean, if if games can exist on mobile and PC, I think it kind of it can, it can help the PC audience survive and like kind of it can help the PC market. I think. If these games go cross-platform, because I think also being on PC will kind of um, tether them to reality and not be like complete dukers. Maybe I can be optimistic about that. Uh, all right. Well, actually, I did put this news up, Omar, but I was actually more excited about two that you talked about this week. Yes, actually, I think both of those were pretty good. Yeah, both actually. They have very similar names too. That's the funny part. <laughs> yes. What are the odds of that, right? Yeah. So let me, I think let me, this yeah. one looks a little better, but you, you can take okay. whichever one you want first. Okay, I'll, I'll do this one. The Alchemist Code, uh, mobile strategy RPG from Gumi. So what what's cool about this number one is uh, I get them confused. I gotta actually see the gameplay to know which one this is. <laughs> Let's see which one is this. Gumi is the studio that made Chain Chronicle and Brave Exodus. Okay, as far as like uh, I don't like mobile games for the most part, but this trailer kind of had me a little bit hype. A little so, bit. So this right? is a, this is a tactics style one, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So this is Final Fantasy Tactics, basically. So when it, whenever people dismiss all mobile out of hand, you know, I always think about these kind of tactics games, whether it's Pokemon, Fire Emblem, Final Fantasy Tactics. These games can be done on mobile very easily, you know, because they're not they're not Twitch games. You can just take your time, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that something like this is coming out. Yeah, I think the game looks really pretty. Yeah. Like basically, if you can have Final Fantasy Tactics with some multiplayer components, that could be pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't know if teams have, this game might have an auto play system, which again was going to kind of suck, but. This system would work well on mobile. Like well, and, I'm pretty sure these tactics games have always had some kind of autoplay, haven't they? Possible. Even I, like I, I never played Final Fantasy Tactics. Even like before mobile phone gaming was around. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so yeah, that's this one. Another one that sounds very similar is Alchemia Story. Alchemia Story. And yeah. Go ahead. This is worth emphasizing because this this company, Azobimo, they're like the only company that's like that have pretty much took a stance against autoplaying. So none of their games have any autoplaying. And guess what? They're all persistent world MMORPGs as well. You know, yep. anyone that, that wants to play an actual mobile MMORPG and they want to play a persistent world PC-like experience on mobile, not the bullshit autoplays, I recommend you play one of the Azobimo games. Just about every single one of them are persistent world, no autoplaying. So this is like the only company that really fully embraced that that style of gameplay. Man, it's pretty impressive. Uh, it looks it looks and, okay. And it works. It works mm -hmm. pretty well on mobile too. Even though again, it's it, it's very formulaic. I I don't think they really innovate that much. But when you take a like a PC genre, like a standard PC and more PG, even if it's generic as fuck, as long as you don't have the cheap and autoplay experience, I think that alone kind of makes the game a bit different. Yeah, it looks cool. The Alchemia story is not out yet though. For it, it's just coming out at the end of 2017 in Japan. And the way they, they've localized a bunch of their games, so it could, it could come out in English too, but we don't, we don't know that for, for sure yet. All right, so there's our uh, mobile gaming for now. So we got Turbine making a Game of War game. Uh, excuse me, Game of Thrones game of game War of game. Game of Thrones game, there you go. <laughs> uh, so these two Japanese ones and Yakuza. Now we got to talk about a big one over here, Asher of Creation. They showed off some content at PAX, and we, we, we've been pretty critical of Asher of Creation. So, you know, a, a, we've been pretty critical about pretty much any Kickstarter-funded MMORPG, so it's worth talking about what they what they showed off at least Let's have you see. seen this video i have not seen this video yes you were you were, you were away for a while anyway that's why you missed out but they actually show some uh some gameplay in this video so maybe if you skip ahead to like uh maybe like three minutes or something you can see some some gameplay being shown okay which is i think the first time we're seeing some real gameplay in astro creation looks and, nice uh, they're showing off uh, they will be doing a they did a playable demo at uh at, at pax for people for people to try so there's something for people to at least touch and feel and see so unfortunately, I think a lot of people kind of walk away from these videos as saying, oh, look, they got this gameplay ready. They're basically done. But that's not even close to true because these gameplay you know, demos are typically in these self-contained environments. They're like these uh, single-player experiences or multiplayer. Like It only exists in this one zone. They designed this one adventure. You know, The, the game is nowhere near done, but they, they made something for people to play through, which, again, they're making progress, but it's really, there's a lot more to go. And I think I became, you know, there was a good, there was a great um, interview for, um, the guy who made Astro Creation, Mr. Sharif, Stephen Sharif, on Massively OP. And he ended up saying that to make, to build a, a viable build of Astro Creation, not like a final build, a viable build, it will cost approximately $30 million. And that's his estimate. And estimates are always going to be on the low end. You know, look how much money Star Citizen raised anyway. So he, if he estimates it takes $30 million, they only raised about $3 million through Kickstarter, $3.2 million. Where's the other $27 million going to come from? Uh, from the juice factory. Come on. <laughs> his juice money he's got a lot of juice money right his, but uh it's gonna cost a shit ton of money and it's gonna take years and years i mean another thing that kind of nagged me one thing that really nagged me though is that they said the game is gonna be um there'll be a playable pre-alpha so pre-alpha is a term now pre-alpha i mean usually alpha is before the game is released i don't know why they're calling it pre-alpha but after the pre-alpha comes a brand new term which i've never heard before called alpha zero alpha zero what the fuck is an alpha zero who was the one who did closed alpha? Uh, that was another term that's I heard. A, that's another bullshit one. That, yeah, there okay. are so many bullshit terms now, like for for you know pre early access, pre early alpha. There, are, what, what what is alpha? Why are they using these terms? Let's call it alpha point <laughs> 0.1, 0.2, 1.0, 2.0, whatever. I mean, alpha zero just it just seems like this, they're making up more buzzwords. Yep. And it's just really dumb, and and it's frustrating to see. It's it was the one. before it was alpha, alpha one, alpha two, maybe the closed beta. 
Oh, well, the elf had before one. There you go. But you know what did look cool about this trailer? Let me try to find. Uh, let me go back a little. It kind of looked like okay, look, like it kind of looked like there's some actual action involved in the combat because like when he swings his sword, yes, there's like a, both. There's like a both. bar at the bottom, and then like you got to click. It looks like to like hit at that moment to do optimal damage. Um, that's pretty cool, I think. I'll try to pause it. All right here. So like yeah, you got to get it right in these. It kind of reminds me of like a golfing game, you know. I mean, if you're if you're hyped about actual creation, it's worth watching. I mean, again, uh, we've been very critical of Stephen Sharif and Astro Creation and Intrepid Studios because of his past. However, I mean, the guy is clearly passionate about this project, okay? I mean, he, he made a lot of money doing potentially really sketchy things, but that money is now being channeled into uh, an MMO. I mean, the guy is a lifelong gamer. He loves playing MMORPGs. There's videos of him playing Arcade and stuff. So he's got the passion, okay? He's got the passion for it. I, I really wish him luck. I mean, some people kind of say we're a little bit too negative sometimes. But, I mean, it's just I I'm only warning people not to fund the game because it may never happen. Mm -hmm. when you don't have the, the correct background but i mean I'm, I'm rooting for it to happen there's a really cool design behind this game and some concepts behind it but it's it's kind of you know I, i'm just worried it's gonna fall behind a you know, feature creep as well and then they're gonna try adding all this cool shit to make the game perfect and I, they'll take yeah i think it'll be okay only because this guy does have his own money so yeah. he will release something or or you know what so i think i think it won't be as big of an issue as star citizen because i think star citizen is reliant on new money always coming in Right? Well, this guy, he can make yes. it himself if he wanted to, without any more funding from players. And we don't know how rich this guy is. I mean, he might have 30 million. I don't know. But I don't, is he willing to risk all his money? I don't, I don't know about that. Well, but my point is, he can kind of cut his losses and release what he has whenever he feels like it. I mean, actually, somebody asked about Chronicles of Valyria, another uh, crowdfunded uh, game. I'm actually probably the most skeptical about Chronicles of Valyria. I mean, I think Asher Creation probably is more feasible than uh, Chronicles of Valyria. Chronicles of Lyria is really trying to do this whole new paradigm thing with, with, with what they're trying to do. And again, I wish them luck. The guy is also a self-made uh, millionaire. The guy behind Chronicles of Lyria. He runs an SEO company in Seattle or something. But, you know, maybe he can fund it. Maybe. I mean, it, it just seems out there the way he's trying to do. But, I mean, Albion Online happened. You know, it was another Western studio that kind of did some crowdfunding. So that game actually happened. But when you look at Albion Online compared to, like, oh. Chronicles of Lyria and Astro Creation, the scope was so much simpler. Like and it's, put Star Citizen. Like the scope of Albion Online was so unbelievably simple compared to these games. These games are trying to reinvent everything. Yeah. Speaking of that, Pistol just mentioned something hilarious that I did see myself earlier. Uh, so <laughs> Chronicles of Lyria, they're actually jousting. Like they're showing IRL jousting scenes. Like they're just. I'm not exactly sure what this is for, but um, this is this is where your money's going, I guess. Oh baby. Some real life jousts. Uh, yeah, I don't get what this has to do. Like, okay, this is what it's gonna look like in game. Uh, here we but, go. But why are they doing it in real life? Just, bro, to get the physics right. Come on. I uh, look I, again. I hope it happens, but just from the from the few developer diaries I've seen, from what I've followed on that story back when it was, you know, hot. I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical. <laughs> I really hope it happens though. They want to do something different. You know what this reminds me of? The day nine guy. What was his name? Oh man! Day nine. The guy? No, 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 no. The, the, what? The the zombie show? Daisy, Daisy. The guy who Daisy. made Daisy. What was his name? The guy who made it? Brendan Green? No, no. Brendan Green? Player unknown? No, 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 no. Oh my god. Dean Hall. Dean, yeah, Dean Hall. Dean. Hall. You know what he did? You know what he did with the money? Uh, at least he made his own money, so good on him. But he he, he climbed Mount Everest instead of working on like the standalone one. 
<laughs> so so these guys they take your money and now they're gonna do jousting instead of uh working on the game okay real talk real talk how fun does jousting look dude i don't want to joust it looks dangerous bro I, I, dude we jousted when we were kids we right? did we would my brother and i would go on our bikes right we'd have, and then we have a big backyard we'd be on opposite sides of the backyard in our, on our bikes we'd have pool uh tubes those really long uh pool noodles that you that would float in a pool we we each have one of those in our hands and ready to joust with it so we would just like charge at each other full speed with our bikes. Sometimes our bikes would just crash into each other. And it didn't even matter what we did with the pool, uh, with, the, with, the, with the shit in our hand, the pool noodles in our hand, because we just crash each other and fall down. And like, it would just hurt like hell, but we just keep doing it. And because I, we thought jazz was the coolest thing. And we did this at the, in our front yard. And we lived near a busy street. So uh, people actually saw us um, like being retards in the yard. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was it was pretty fun though. I mean, I remember a couple of times getting the wind knocked out of me, but it was it was it was hundred percent worth. I feel bad for these horses. They're like sh they're shaving the horse's hoof down. It it looks pretty painful. Yeah, but I think they have pain receptors down there. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like like filing your calluses, but your calluses are the size of your face. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll be okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, personally, I'm most excited for, um, I mean, nothing really at PAX got me too hype. I mean, obviously, I'd love to see some of these, um, some of these, you know, Kickstarter games make more progress. But the thing that I'm most hyped for is some new content in Final Fantasy uh, 14. There was the live letter this last week, and they talked about 4.1 content. There's a ton of new shit coming to the game. Um, but what's exciting, though, again, is that that new Ultimate Beyond Savage difficulty dungeon. I, I'm just, I'm just really interested to see if, uh, that gets cleared right away. I'm really hoping it doesn't get cleared. Maybe like I'm hoping it lasts like a month. That'd be great. If I see that content last like even 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 two like a week, if it lasts one week, I'll be hella impressed. All right. Anything else this week? Yeah, I don't know. Just I, I'm kind of hyped for uh, again Final Fantasy. That's really it. All right. Here's a what, question. What are, you, what are you most hyped for? Uh, I'll say Destiny too, but not not tomorrow's release. I'm talking about the PC release, October real, twenty, the actual yeah. release. Yeah, the real release. You, 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 P console guys can beta test it for me, all right? Is Sonic Mania mm -hmm. coming out? We should stream that. Let's see if we can get further. That's a real game of skill, right there. Let me see when this comes out. Path of Fire hype September twenty. Yeah, the Guild Wars two expansion is coming out soon. Oh yeah, we should play that. We should stream that too. Is this game out? Yeah. Oh, this is out. Yo, we just, let's, I want to play this. I'll buy it. Buy it right now. All right, guys. I'll buy it for you just right now. Nice. Same. Oh, man. People are, they talk about the DRM. They, they had a big backlash on DRM. How do you feel about DRM in general, anyway? I am against it. I feel like, who, is anybody pro DRM? I'm curious. Like, <laughs> clearly, everybody fucking hates DRM, right? But, like, who's out there saying, yeah, DRM is going to protect me? Said no consumer ever. Oh man, I have to use my phone here. All right, well, I think we should transition to the post game, uh, where you guys can see me play some Sonic Mania. Um, so if you do want to see that, head out to Twitch. If you're on YouTube, well, actually you can't because you're gonna see this later. So goodbye YouTube. That's all I gotta say. Later YouTube. <laughs>